What's happening, fam? What's going on? How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's like excited or on a positive thinking habit. Although that thinking positive can be the most difficult thing to do especially while you have a lot of personal things going on in your life. We all believe that if we did something positive that our mind is going to be positive. Yeah, that's true. But you can also still do well think positive things, still do positive things. But you can still do positive things and still think negative about it. I've always said that it all starts with the brain. Anybody that's a psychiatrist or that deals with mental health and counseling or anything like that will always tell you. They will always tell you that it starts with the brain. It 100% starts with the brain and where we're thinking this and our mind is always thinking something negative procrastination you know that's my biggest struggle My biggest struggle is procrastination. And I cannot turn my mind or turn my brain to the positive aspect of, hey, you got to get up. You got to get to work. You got things to do. But I'm just still sitting here. I'm still sitting here and sitting here. Let me give you an example. Now, uh, my work schedule is pretty time-changing. So, I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I'm off Mondays and Tuesdays. So, Wednesdays and Thursdays... Let me put like this, okay. Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Well, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Not to include the Monday and Tuesdays. Well, you can include it, but... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays were practically closed to the public. But Wednesdays and Thursdays, we come in, we still work anyway, but we're still close to the public. But I go in 7 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock p.m. That's Wednesdays and Thursdays. And that's everybody. Except maybe one. Except, yeah, maybe except one person. And that's the custodial position. And going seven to three, you work, but it's hard to get up early. And that's where my mind is just sitting at the procrastination level. It's really, really degrading. It's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. So I'm sitting there and I'm 
sitting there. I'm supposed to done laundry, got in the shower, you know, brush my teeth. I was supposed to do a lot of things before I went to bed. And my goal is always to be in bed by nine o'clock or nine thirty. That never ever works for me. Never. I'm always now I could be in bed by nine o'clock. That's good. But the bigger problem is getting to sleep. I won't be able to fall asleep till 11, 11 o'clock or midnight. Not good. And then sometimes I'll be pushing one o'clock in the morning. Because I cannot turn off my brain and the procrastination really hurts me in the process. So because on Mondays and Tuesdays, I usually have my daughter Lee over here and I get to spend time with her and, and all of that. And she usually stays in my little room with me. And, you know, sometimes she likes to, well, not sometimes, but every time she's over here and she stays sleeping in my room, she likes to keep me up. And she's done that the last three weeks, the last three of my weekends, I'll say Mondays and Tuesdays, she likes to keep me up on like two or three separate occasions. <laughs> but <laughs> you can't blame her. She's just, she's just a baby, you know, she's full of energy and stuff like that. So you can't necessarily, you can't necessarily get mad at that, but it can get frustrated because you want to sleep and you want to be able to sleep through the night. But babies have different plans. But it is what it is. You just have to kind of roll your way through it and uh, think of different um, think of different ways that can help both of y'all be able to get through the night. You know, rather than means having food by the side, having milk on the side. Uh, probably need a diaper change, change the diaper, anything that can cool the baby down or give it to relax to not hoop and holler something you know it's just different things but anyway um so Wednesday going to Thursday is also the worst of the procrastination for me because I go um do the same thing I do the exact same thing and it it never fails me not and I know that I need to be in bed by 9 o'clock when I'm 30. It never fails. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Because my mind, my brain is beating me opposite. It's like, well, guess what, buddy? You got to work. So you need to try to spend every minute, every waking minute staying up. You have to. Why? Because you're not going to get that time back. No. I have to teach my brain to say, hey, time's going to go either way. The way I spend my time is the way I'm going to spend my time. I need my sleep. I need my sleep. I need my rest. I need to be well prepared for the next working day. 
and that's how it's always been with me. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm through. Seven hours don't even do. Six hours is pushing it. Anything less than that, I can't function. But somehow, some way, I make it. And I have cut back on caffeine since Aaliyah gave me the stomach flu. I've had the stomach flu, and that was back in June of this year. I have missed two days of work, and I still wasn't 100% by the time I uh, went back to work. But ever since I had that stomach flu, everything's changed. Well, everything is changing, and I'm still working the progress of changing. So that means the first step was stopping all the caffeine because I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to caffeine. And if I know if I get my hands on that caffeine, it's over. It's over. I could not stand drinking all that caffeine with Pepsi, coffee, um, anything that had caffeine and Coke. Anything that had caffeine in it, I was drinking because I was addicted to it. I love what it did to me. I loved what it did to me. But I knew that if I had drank so much of that, I have the withdrawals. And if I didn't drink, drink caffeine, I eat it. It's dreadful. I don't never really want to put my body through that again. Even though I have said many times that I will never put my body through this again. And I've had. Because I had stopped drinking Pepsi. Energy drinks. I had stopped drinking them for about maybe close to five years. Maybe, maybe more than that. But I think it was five years until I got my hands on a can of Pepsi and my old job at the Goodwill. Things changed again. One Pepsi became two Pepsis. Two Pepsis became three Pepsis. Four Pepsis became nonstop Pepsis. Then here came the energy drinks. Well, hey, my my brain is saying, why not? You got the uh, one caffeine, do the other. That's how my brain was teaching. These negative thoughts in my mind, it was like, oh my gosh, are you flipping serious? Are you serious? So, that's how now with the stomach flu it has really it made me cut back on a lot of things and I know I don't want to really put my body through that torment again I don't want to do that again it was crazy and now since I've ever since I've not drunk caffeine my body has went through that change my body was craving caffeine but I have to beat it because 
it was terrible. It was a terrible experience for me, especially when I have to withdraw. Now, the only time I do caffeine is when I take an Excedrin. I don't have an option there. If I have a migraine and I still have them, regardless to the fact that I've stopped caffeine, I could be able to take a migraine uh, Excedrin and boom, it's gone. It's straight gone. You know, instead of dealing with that setback, it's like, let me go in here and try to find another caffeine drink, maybe drink Pepsi or something, drink it down and I'll be better. And that's exactly what happens because I couldn't do an Excedrin migraine unless I took Here's that. Here's something I found on the web. According to BrennerChildrens.org, a migraine is a recurring headache that causes intense throbbing in a particular area of the head. <laughs> yeah so now we know the definition of it that was Alexa by the way but I wasn't even talking to Alexa but it happens so anyway um, it was painful it was dreadful and I couldn't put myself through it again so now I I have this procrastination of just waiting for the time instead of for me hitting the time. And that was a big problem. That was a big problem for me. So I had to actually um, I have to actually find a way to train my mind to beat the procrastination. And it's 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 very it's, it's a very simple technique but it's hard to back up and talk to because it's you that's doing it it's you that's doing it so in that frame you just have to i just have to actually put myself in uh like a to-do list or find the right time to do the right things because I have so much going on and I'm scatterbrained and I really don't have an advanced plan timed out, which I need to do. So beating that procrastination is one thing. Then my procrastination really gets worse from there. Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, we open. We open, but I go in later. I don't have to be at work until 1230 in the afternoon and I'm there until nine o'clock. But that still gives me time to sleep in. But the procrastination is still there. Normally, I will come home from work and I go straight to the shower. I don't do that. I've done it twice. And that's the only way that I could be able to beat that procrastination is actually trying to get in that shower. I could still be able to do the laundry and still get it done and be done with it. Boom. Simple. But it's the freaking getting in the shower and brushing your teeth. That is the longest procrastination ever for me. So. <laughs> it's all about the mind. It's all about the positivity that you turn your mind to when you're actually trying to go through some things. 
just just think about that and be mindful of the way that you beat it. You got this. Rather it's procrastination, rather it's anything else that's going on in your mind mentally. And I will say this. Um, normally I take the time to say this on my other podcast, Double Take Sports Talk. But I'm going to say it now because it seems like that um, I talk about it a lot, but it still has to be talked about because I think it's an important thing and I don't like being brought up on my podcast, uh, Double Take Sports Talk. There's a lot going on with Ben Simmons. And I feel that a lot of people, Ben Simmons is a basketball player. He plays with the Philadelphia 76ers and they're going through a lot of things right now. And Ben Simmons is one of those calls. And he's going through some things mentally. But the 76ers don't believe that, you know, Ben Simmons has this problem. Even though that they cleared the air, he still has a lot going on mentally. Evidently, he don't want to play for the 76ers anymore. A lot of people talk about how lazy he is. The real problem is what I've said before. Mental. It's mental. And a lot of people give him gripe because he goes and make these videos of him shooting three-pointers and playing pickup games and stuff like that. Look, he's doing this for a reason. Get off his back. That's why he's doing it. But when Doc Rivers has said that, hey, you know, average players just want to be left alone. Good players want to be taught. And, um, you know, good players want to be taught. Or something like that. Something along those lines. I can understand it. Perfectly said. But when there's something going on in your head mentally, there is something going on. And this is him. 100%. It's going to come out in a matter of time. But the Seven Sisters want to show support. But I feel personally that the support is not 100% there. It's not there. He, when he do these things for a reason, they're doing it for a reason. You got to look at Simone Biles. You got to look at Naomi Osaka. You got to look at Serena Williams. You have to look at... You have to look at these athletes that suffer through mental health. Kevin Love. You have to look at this and consider all of the things that they're dealing with when it comes down to anxiety and uh, depression and the fear of performing. This is what it do. You have to speak in front of the media. Do you know what these athletes have to deal with day in and day out as a athlete? Do people understand that? Who want to keep going and keep dealing with the media every damn day or every other day because you have to find out information 
who the hell keep wanting to keep doing that? And then on top of that, performing in front of thousands of fans? Are you kidding? We gotta wake up, people. Mental health is a serious thing. It's a serious thing. I didn't want to go on a rant like this, but it's just 100%. I just think it's 100% wrong to be putting these athletes in these type of positions. It's just wrong. And I actually wanted to take this time on this podcast to actually point that out. I don't get that chance on my other sports podcast, but I'm going to do it right here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous on what these athletes have to deal with. And Ben Simmons, the man needs prayer. He needs prayer. You know what I mean? He he's struggling on the inside. He's not struggling in basketball. He's not lazy in basketball. Mentally, he is drained. He's drained. Y'all want to bring awareness to mental health? You want to bring awareness to mental health? Try talking to Ben Simmons first. Try talking to him. Try to find out why this is what it is. Find out why he don't want to play for the 76ers. find out why first because we we're going to keep throwing these assumination balls we're going to throw them we're going to keep throwing them as far as we can until something actually happens for people to wake up and say oh damn he was actually going through something just like I found out with Kevin Love with Kevin Love and everything that he had went through, the team had to find out. Dwayne Wade had to find out. But he was having some serious, serious mental health problems. And there was so little that he could do until he actually found help. My first thing for Ben Simmons is actually talking to somebody. He's got to talk to somebody. And I think that's important. If he let out all of his feelings about how he's feeling within his personal life and his work life, he could be able to attack a lot more things and be able to go see a sports psychologist. Instead, that's what he did first and beat his problem. He should have went and seen a personal psychologist first and then went to see a actual sports psychologist and work on his game. And like I said before, for me personally, right now, he just has to work on free throws. He has to get better at the line because he is a power attack point guard. He has got to get better 
at the free throw line. So, that way, he knows his game plan. The anxiety is still going to be there regardless. It's going to be there, but you'll feel better. You'll feel confident about yourself. The nervousness is going to be there, but you're going to feel better about yourself. I just had to rant that out. I just had to rant that out. So, let's go into the final part of this series of uh, alcohol and mental health. Uh, Part three. So, for anybody that has not tuned in to the last um, the last two episodes, uh, episode ten and eleven, I recommend that you actually go back and listen to the. first and second part of this before you hit the third I mean it's not in any particular order but it would just be more understanding anyway but or less if you choose not to let me just take a quick review and we can kick it off from there so I started a series on alcohol and mental health and I explained what alcohol can do to you and I explained this different symptoms of alcohol withdrawal. And that included sweaty, sweating, shaky hands, hallucinations with seeing things that aren't there, anxiety, depressions, and having trouble sleeping. And I have actually explained my story about my binge of alcohol drinking. And and I'm not I'm not very fond about how I approached alcohol drinking but I have now absolutely no shame in sharing my alcohol story but to make this long story short I let alcohol disturb my way of succeeding that's what it did for me I've drank so much. I have gotten into a big relationship trouble of seven years and I let alcohol hit me in the nub and it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And that's all I did. Drink, 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 drink. And until, you know, I had backbone support from my mom and Darren, that's when everything had literally changed. I had... Um, ended up getting another job on top of the one that I was currently working um, and I was fine ever since then and that's that um, the temporary effects of loss of inhibition uh, decreased planning of organizational skills uh, changes in mood and concentration uh, difficulty uh, forming new memories Sleepiness, depressed mood, changes in energy levels, memory loss, and reduced motor control, including delayed reflexes that can make driving dangerous. These are the temporary effects of what alcohol can do to you and to your brain. And that was the temporary effect of what it'll do to you. And from that moment, the dangers of alcohol I had broke down part two 
into alcohol abuse. And the dangers of alcohol abuse, I had read different stats pertaining what alcohol abuse do. And that was from the UK in the United States itself. And here we are now in part three. And I am going to talk about underage drinking. This is the most popular one because you see a lot of this. And this is where a lot of people suffer the most brutal consequence. Not the not the brutal consequences of spending, you know, life in jail and life in the correctional facility, anything like that. But a lot of privileges could be taken away because of underage drinking, especially on adults, if they actually let this happen. So underage drinking, how alcohol changes the teenage brain. So we all the say, anybody will say, alcohol is a depressant. It slows the function of central nervous system. This could particularly be dangerous for underage drinkers due to the effects of alcohol on the teenage brain. A teens tend to not feel the negative effects of alcohol as much as adults. This could make teens more likely to binge drink, which means four or five more drinks at a time. So what happens? What are the effects of a teenage drink, uh, drinking on the brain? It slows down the brain activity. And the negative effect of alcohol lasts far longer in a teenager's brain than in an adult's, which more likely would be up to two weeks. Even low levels of alcohol can affect the part of the teenage brain that controls judgment, behavior, and impulsive control. Kids who begin drinking before age 15 have a 40% chance their brains will be wired for alcoholism. So, believe and understand that that's what happens when it comes down to underage drinking. That's what happens. The mental and emotional consequences of alcohol on teens. A teens who experiment with alcohol may drink to hide their anxiety about something difficult that's going on in their lives, but regular drinking can be a slippery slope. While alcohol can reduce anxiety temporarily, it can also increase anxiety within just a few hours of consumption. This includes moderate amounts of alcohol and the effects on anxiety can last until the following day. So the psychological risk of underage drinking, uh, teens who use alcohol are at a higher risk of developing mental health problems such as depression, suicide, psychosis as adults. Among 12 to 17 year olds who are, who are current drinkers, 31% ex exhibited extreme levels of psychological distress and 39% exhibited serious behavioral problems. Teens who drink are more likely to have poor impulse control, which could lead to risky sexual behavior or episodes of violence. So the effects of teenage drinking on the body can also lead to other forms of substance abuse. Uh, underage drinkers are 22 times more likely to use marijuana 
and 50 times more likely to use cocaine. Which speaks of that. Next week, I'm starting a series on drugs. It might just be a one episode thing. I may have enough to do a series, but next week I'm going to start on drugs. So just be mindful of that. So how to spot the signs of teen alcohol misuse? Any signs that your child may be using alcohol? Uh, dropping grades or uncharacteristic problems in school? Increasing rebelliousness, changes in mood like irritability, depression, or anger, or changing friend group. So this is a serious teen. This is teen drinking is a serious issue because of the teenage years marked a critical period of the brain's development. So the damage that occurs during this period may be permanent. So that's why it's important that as parents we sit down. And we talk to our kids about alcohol. And that's with anything. That's with anything. You sit down and you talk to your kids about the importance of everything that's going on in this world. I don't care what it is. You have to do that. Because it starts with us. A lot of people may not agree with that, but it starts with us as parents, as uh, the guardian, uh, the influencer. It starts with all of us making these changes. It starts with us. So let's take a look at um, some more stats based off of drinking, underage drinking. So the prevalence of drinking, I think I read this last week too. I could be wrong, but I know I did kind of like give that brief preview on it. So now I'm just going to actually read some of this. Uh, according to the 2019 NSDUH, 39.7% of 12 to 20 year olds reported that they had at least one drink in their lives. About 7.0 million people ages 12 to 20, which would be 18.5% of this age group, reported drinking alcohol in the past month. That's 17.2% of males and 19.9% of females. Uh, the prevalence of binge drinking, this is underage binge drinking. Uh, according to the 2019 NSDUH, approximately 4.2 million people ages 12 to 20 reported binge drinking in the past month. This represents 11.1% of people in this age group, 10 10.4% of males ages 12 to 20, and 11.8% of females ages 12 to 20. Uh, prevalence of heavy, heavy alcohol use. According to the 2019 NSDUH, approximately 825,000 people ages 12 through 20, or 12 to 20, reported heavy alcohol use in the past month. This represents 2.2% of this age group and 2.1% of males ages 12 to 20 and 2.3% of females ages 12 to 20. The trend in underage alcohol use. NSDUH 
found findings that demonstrated, I'm sorry, NSDUH findings have demonstrated a decline in underage drinking. From 2002 to 2019, the prevalence of, 30, of the past 30 day alcohol use decreased 41.1% for 16 to 17 year olds, 54.7% for 14 to 15 year olds, and 61.9% for 12 to 13 years old. You see those changes? That downtrend of underage alcohol use. This is the kind of change that starts with us as adults, influencers, and guardians. That's very important. That is very important. That decline from 2002 to 2019, the prevalence of a past 30 day alcohol use decreased 41.1% for 16 to 17 year olds, 54.7% for 14 to 15 year olds, and 61.9% for 12 to 13 year olds. That is a downtrend. And that is the change. More of a change that needs to happen. This, that's a great trend from 2002 to 2019. That could have went up. Yeah, it could have. After 2019, that could have went up. But when you see a decline of something, that means it's a change. We all know this. It's a change. So let's keep bringing that awareness. Keep bringing it. The consequences of underage alcohol use. Our research indicates that alcohol use during the teenage years can interfere with normal adolescent brain development and increase the risk of developing AUD. In addition, underage drinking contributes to a range of acute consequences, such as injuries, sexual assaults, alcohol overdoses, and deaths, including those from motor vehicle crashes. That's the popular one. So, let's break that down in stats. Alcohol is a factor in the deaths of thousands of younger, people younger than age 21 in the United States each year. This includes 1,092 from motor vehicle crashes, 1,000 from homicides, 208 from alcohol overdose, falls, burns, and drowning, and 596 from suicides. We gotta understand, this is, that is a big crucial piece on how we lose our children, underage drinking, drugs, which I will get into next week. When we're talking about alcohol and underage drinking, something is going on in our child's lives, regardless of how we want to see it, and regardless of how much we don't want to listen, this is the time. What do I always say at the end of my podcast? Always remember. When it comes when it comes to listening, you are one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go. You cannot tell me that bringing awareness and listening 
is our two critical pieces that could save somebody's life. You cannot tell me that that's true. You just can't. We have lived in a world that underage drinking is cool. And it's not. It's not cool at all. You know, when I went through my drinking, through my drinking problem, because of my mental health, I had to sit down and I had to sit down and realize some things about myself. Number one, that wasn't me. That was not my normal behavior. My normal behavior is I still would drink alcohol, but I was always a wine cooler guy. I was always a wine guy. But my strange behavior came when I was drinking beer. And I don't even like beer. But I drank beer to help my depressants. From being depressed and having these anxieties. It felt wonderful. You hear me? It was wonderful. But guess what? It didn't fulfill me. It never fulfilled me to a point that I can actually sit and and put myself into a successful position. Never. I had to actually make a change within myself because I know I'm not that guy to be sitting up here drinking a million beers and bringing beer home to drink and all of that. Never was. And I will say this, and this is just a theory. This is just a theory. I'm not saying this is true. But I felt that that was one of the reasons why that uh, Darren had uh, started drinking more wine and, and stuff like that. He was at one point working selling insurances. And that's a very stressful job. It's a very stressful job. And your anxiety is already pumping. He he was suffering a lot of mental health problems with anxiety, depression. That he he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. What's what's your next set when it comes down to drinking? What's your next set? And that was and that was the deal with Darren. He just drank wine to you know help keep himself sane. 
I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But this job was stressful. It was very stressful. But you will never want to put yourself in that position to feel like that drinking will help you through your problems and it won't. I just want y'all to think about that as I wrap this series up. I just want y'all to sit down and think about anybody that has the alcohol problem, that has mental health problems, personal problems, that they have to rely on drinking. Get them help. Mainly hear them out. Something could be wrong. Something could be wrong. But you gotta bring you gotta bring the awareness. You gotta bring the awareness in order for it to work. But this wraps up my three-part series on alcohol and mental health, and this also wraps up the podcast of Breaking Mental Health with Durham. I am your host, Daryl Watts. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I know I have some listeners out there, and I just want to tell y'all, I really appreciate y'all taking the moment to listen to me. And I know that my podcasts are extremely long. They're extremely long for a lot of people that don't even have anywhere from 30 minutes to probably an hour of their time to listen to my podcast but some of y'all do and if y'all do y'all do anyway and i really appreciate that so follow me on social media i am on facebook and daryl watch the second i don't put much there i just put it on my stories or when i posted my episodes but um you can still be my friend at some point um I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Love University. Or you can send me an email if you want to share your story. If you have anything that you just want to talk about, I'm just here to read and I'm also here to listen. You write me an email. Breaking Mental H at gmail.com once again that's breaking I'm sorry at gmail.com Whew. okay breaking at gmail.com write me there because I want to build an empire on this I want to bring a lot more awareness these problems that we're having with our mental health I want to provide a lot of things that a lot of people can't afford but I need that support I need that support so please support and listen to my podcast but until then stay true to yourself and always remember 
it comes down to listening, you're one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.